Welcome to Timeless Truth with Pastor Jim Thomas, a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. This week we're continuing our study of Ephesians, looking more closely at chapter 4. If you'd like more resources like this one, check out our resources library at thevillagechapel.com resources. Our team carefully curates a variety of articles, books, and video content. We pray these tools will help you to think biblically in all categories of life so that we all might be formed more into the likeness of Christ. Now for our study this week, here's Pastor Jim. Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotion. Hey, we're walking through Ephesians, and we've finally gotten to chapter 4. I love the first three chapters, filled to overflowing with the indicatives of all that God has done for us in Christ. And here we come to chapter 4, and we start to find that Paul is writing to answer the question some of us might have, which is that so what question. In other words, if God has done all of that for us in Christ, what difference does that make in real life, in our relationships, in the world in which we live? And whether we you know, read this letter as uh, trying to put in, in our own minds what it would be like in the first century with somebody like Nero as the emperor, or whether here we are in our own day and time with our own kind of cultural stuff, our own kind of uh, swirling winds of acrimony and rancor and, and all the division and contentious uh, sort of tones that are out there. Um, either way, what does it look like to live out this Christian faith, these truths that the Apostle Paul has so beautifully laid out for us in chapters one, two, and three. Well, the first three verses are all I wanna look at today from chapter four. And uh, if you have a Bible, look with me. If you don't, if you're just uh, on the move, you can just listen and I'll read them to you very carefully and slowly. And we're just gonna meditate for the next 12, 15 minutes on uh, what is this idea of walking out the faith look like? I love the metaphor, by the way, of walking. And um, we we find he uses it here. He uses it in verse 17. He uses it in chapter five, three different times. Talks about the Christian faith as something we walk out or walk in, okay? I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And so there it is. That's all I really want to look at today. I think there's so much here. Paul, the apostle, entreats us, implores us, uh, urges us. He could translate Uh, that word um, several different ways. But the idea is that he exhorts us. He's calling, he's summoning us, if you will. And he's not shy to do that. Uh, I know there are uh, different pastors and different Bible teachers that have different kinds of gifting. Some are more encouraging and and more like Barnabas. And uh, the Apostle Paul is more that kind of guy that's gonna come along and tell you just the way it is. And often gives us a list like this. There are five things here. In, uh, in these first three verses that I wanna just highlight, what does it look like to walk in a manner worthy of our calling? It looks like five things. Jesus displayed all five of these, of these things mo- most perfectly of any human being that we've ever 
uh, heard about, read about, or known. And the Apostle Paul, though, is calling us, just like Jesus called us to follow him, the Apostle Paul is calling us to follow Jesus as well in these five areas. So doctrine serves as the foundation, that is those indicatives of chapters one, two, and three, are the basis for how we respond to the Lord and to the urgings of the Apostle Paul's writing here um, as he calls us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. I'd like to also point out that the, the, the walking is in a manner worthy of the calling, not in a manner worthy of you. It's not, it's not about you and me kind of pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and doing something. All this is done in the power of the Spirit. You see, I can't do this on my own. I, I'm, you know, all five of these things, I, those aren't, they don't come natural to me. As a matter of fact, that's why it has to be an exhortation because I'm not naturally going to be inclined in this direction. And so Paul the Apostle stirs us up with these exhortations and calls us to humility, gentleness, patience, tolerance, and love, all right? Let's just for a second dwell on each of those terms. And I think that can be really helpful to us as we think about what does it mean to practically follow Jesus, to live out the Christ life, to live in Christ or in him. What does that look like in our relationships in our everyday life? Certainly humility uh, is a great place to start. I did a study on humility when we studied the the uh, themes of the some of the major themes of the uh, book of Proverbs and uh, it wasn't that long ago so it's still kind of fresh on my mind but uh, I remember calling the sermon uh, the joyful freedom of self-forgetfulness and that was kind of a mashup of uh, two book titles one by Tim Keller one by Gavin Ortland they both um, used self-forgetfulness in their titles, but uh, Tim's is called the uh, uh, the freedom of self-forgetfulness, and there is a great freedom in that. I'll tell you. I mean, this world is telling you to make it all about you all the time, and for us to ever get to the place like the Apostle Paul here, who who's writing from a prison cell, and he says, "I therefore the prisoner of the Lord." He doesn't say, "I therefore the prisoner of Rome." He doesn't say, "I therefore the prisoner of uh, of the Roman Empire or of Nero the emperor." No, I'm the prisoner of the Lord. He saw his life as belonging, lock, stock, and barrel to the Lord. And uh, no matter where his physical body was, no matter what kind of suffering or injustice he was suffering, going through or enduring, he belonged to the Lord. And there is a great freedom there. Uh, the Gavin Ortland book is called actually Humility. Uh, subtitle is The Joy of Self-Forgetfulness. In both cases, self-forgetfulness uh, in the in the in the title and uh, really really a great way to talk about humility if you will what does that look like well you know in the rest of the New Testament we have several verses and I'll I'll put some of these in the show notes if you happen to have access to those you'll be able to find them Philippians two three do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit the Apostle Paul writes to the Church of Philippi but with humility of mind all right, regard one another as more important than yourselves. With humility of mind, regard, hold in your head, in your mind, as you think about other people, think of them as more important than yourself. That's what the Apostle Paul said to the church at Philippi. Um, in Colossians 3.12, this same Apostle Paul who wrote Ephesians, who wrote Philippians, in his letter to the church at Colossae, he wrote, so as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. There again, the Apostle Paul, so quick, so good 
with lists of what it looks like. Does it look like something? What does it look like? It looks like these things. And the Apostle Paul, again, articulates them beautifully and succinctly. Well, he wasn't alone in all of that. James, uh, in um, James 1.21, James is the half-brother of our Lord. He said, therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. And this is a humility before the word of God and and God himself for that matter. So there comes a, a, a point in our lives where we recognize that God is God and we are not God. And that if God is God and is really there, and if we created beings as we are, can actually speak, form sentences, convey ideas, that sort of thing. If we can do that, then the one who created us certainly can do that as well. He, nothing, you can't get something greater out of something less. And so he's greater, the creator is greater than we are. And so what he says is receive with humility the word that has been spoken or implanted, which is able to save your soul. So there's humility going on all around as we want to, if we're curious about what it looks like to follow Jesus, what it looks like to walk in a manner worthy of uh, our calling, it looks like humility before God. It looks like humility towards others. Uh, and then there is in First Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 5, there's a verse that says, younger men likewise be subject to your elders. But then he says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility. It's like, it's like put it on like a jacket, you know, uh, put it on like a, a, a pair of, you know, like a workout outfit or something. You're going to go out and you're going to go for a jog or you're going to go for a walk. You're going to walk in a suit of humility, if you will. And he says, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humility is the first of the five things that the Apostle Paul gives us in this list in um, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through 3. Here's what it looks like to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, and it begins with humility before God, humility towards others, and humility about ourself as well. I think that's really important. And then he says, uh, the, the second thing he lists there, uh, verse two says, with all humility and gentleness. And I love that word. Um, and I don't know about you, but if I'm honest, um, this is one of the, my weak spots. This is where I'm not, uh, humility is as well, by the way. But all of these things I could take a, a long, a lot of improvement on. But, um, but gentleness indeed uh, is one of those things where, you know, if, if you're honest, uh, like I'm honest, I get on a, get out on the highway. The last thing I am is gentle. I got a strong right foot, and uh, I don't I don't hesitate to uh, to honk the horn. You know, so it's like it, it's like I need to learn to be a little more gentle in all of that and humble in all of that as well. The third thing he lists is patience. So if you're going to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, it's going to be walking in humility. It's going to be walking in gentleness. It's going to be walking in patience. Now, that's for some of us, that's going to be, for some of you, you might identify with this, um, <laughs> one of our least favorite things to have to do, be patient. We don't like that. Waiting is horrible. It's, a, it's like if there's, you know, of the top three things you hate in life in lots of different categories, waiting has got to be one of them. Raise your hand if that's, okay, yeah, I see I see your hand. You can put it down. Uh, waiting, indeed, be, being patient, 
Um, another way of saying that sometimes is long suffering. And, um, <laughs> and that word is kind of, that term is sort of self-defining. It just means suffering longer than you thought you should or that you, than you thought you ought to. Uh, for some news, for something to happen, for someone to get out of your way, for um, something to stop happening, whatever it might be, patience. And I know that uh, these things are all interconnected, humility, gentleness, patience. Um, I think humility is the prerequisite to all of these other ones. And, and, and humility and patience, humility, uh, gentleness rather, are certainly prerequisites to, to patience. Uh, learning how to 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 keep the self under control. This gentleness, this meekness, is not weakness. It's it's strength under control. Um, it's it's uh, the the person who's able to be patient is the person who doesn't blow the blow their lid every single time they have to wait on somebody. Um, the next thing he lists is if it, if it looks like something to to walk in a manner worthy of our calling with which we've been called, it it's walking in tolerance or forbearance, some of your English translations might say. Um, now, this is not our culture's mindless abdication of discernment and wisdom, that sort of uh, 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 tolerance of mind as if all ideas are equally valid, uh, but rather it's a tolerance of spirit, a tone of forbearing or bearing with one another and each other, realizing that there are indeed some issues um, uh, that we won't or don't or agree on. And tolerance allows for other views and is respectful of other viewpoints. Tolerance allows for uh, those other views, doesn't seek to silence those views. And now you, you can kind of see where this, this ancient letter contains rich, timeless truths uh, that, that really sound like he's been reading our mail or, or our newspaper. Uh, because in our own day and time, it wasn't just a few years ago, people were talking about tolerance as the great virtue, and now they're not talking about that anymore. It's silence. Silence all dissenting views on cultural issues, on moral issues. Um, so the, there's not tolerance for a wide variety of views. And yet I think we Christians, especially Bible-believing Christians, we're being called to show the antidote that our culture so desperately needs uh, to all the ills uh, and all the dysfunctionality that's going on out in our culture, to the river of rancor that flows. It's, so, it's such a, a, a you know, cesspool, so, so much sewage of division, and contentious uh, thinking and living. So all of that is that, is that we would become a group of, a, a group of people who could live in such a way that we'd be a city on a hill, a light that can't be hidden, a refreshing example of what it means to walk in humility, to walk in gentleness, patience, and real tolerance, even for those who don't see things the way we see them. And then he wraps it all up with a deeper context for all of the, these other dispositions of heart that have been listed here. He says, um, he says all of that is to be um, to to uh, be forbearance with one another in love, and that's that word is agape. It's this unconditional love. It's uh, 
it's it's a beautiful love. It's not a transactional love, uh, where we're uh, uh, we're loving someone because they do something for us, do certain things for us, make us feel a certain way, whatever. It's not a transactional relation. The whole world out there is is uh, unfortunately unraveling because all of the relationships are, are, tend to be transactional, and that here is a God in the person of Jesus Christ that it says without you deserving it, without. God, without God owing us anything, Jesus came and laid down his life. And that's what all those indicatives in chapter one, two, and three are all about. What God has done for us in Christ. We sinners, though we, though we are. He set his love on us. He set his love on you. And no matter what's gone before this very moment, I hope you'll realize that in the person of Jesus, he came in humility. He came with gentleness. He is gentle and lowly. He came in with great patience. He shows patience throughout the Bible. We see the story of God's um, um, long suffering, his, his uh, faithfulness to his covenants with us. Uh, in spite of our faithlessness, he shows such forbearance and tolerance with us. And it's because of his great love for us. Christ died for sinners. That's you. That, that's me. Um, and we are all numbered among them. And for followers of Jesus, you see, there can be no repugnant others out there. We, we can't, why? Well, because Jesus didn't consider me a repugnant other and turn away from me. He came on a rescue mission for me and on a rescue mission for you. So we should then take the love of God that he's poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, turn that outward toward others. I love the way Richard Lovelace uh, in his book, Renewal as a Way of Life, wrote this. Walking with God is essentially a positive thing. The Bible does not point us toward constant introspection. And in parentheses, let me, let me add to what Lovelace is saying. The, the world that we live in is all about navel gaze. It's all about you thinking about you. It, it, it's all about being trained to think that me, myself, and I are the three most important persons on the planet. And the problem is, is that we have this now, this, this world that's unraveling in a cacophony of competing autobiographies. It's my story, my story, my story. And if we're all doing that, you see, we just rip ourselves away from each other. We rip ourselves away from God. We separate ourselves even from our true self because our true self, uh, we were created with the capacity to be in relationship with God. Um, and Jesus has summoned us and called us to follow him and to walk in his way. And the Apostle Paul is just reminding us here that it looks like something. It looks like humility. It looks like gentleness. It looks like patience and forbearance. And it's all about walking in the love of God, being diligent, verse three says, to preserve the unity of the spirit. Why? Because it needs preserving. We're all, if we, if we all just let it sort of drift naturally, we'll all drift away from each other. We'll all drift into a situation where we don't love one another and we need to preserve. We need to be proactive and preserve the unity of the spirit in Christ. E. Stanley Jones once said, this unity in Christ is not a unity of uniformity, but unity in diversity. And I love that about the body of Christ. I love the diversity, and yet I love this unity within all of this diversity. That, the, the way that the, the Christian faith is the most inclusive faith on the planet. Um, 
Uh, it is, the gospel is on offer to people, no matter where they live, no matter where they grew up, no matter what they're currently doing. The gospel offer is for you and for me. Um, and it's, 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 the, the offer is universal. Question is, will you repent and believe? Will you receive from God this gift that he's put on offer for you and for me? And, and then as, the, as we do, the apostle Paul says, the Christ life begins to bloom in us and, and to blossom. And it looks like something. It looks like walking in a manner worthy of our calling, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, um, all of it, all that tolerance and, and in this love of God. Well, I got to close uh, with a quote from Trevin Wax, good friend. He'll be coming to the Village Chapel uh, in the near future, actually, to do a talk on um, the antidote uh, to uh, to uh, outrage. And I'm so excited about it. Um, if if you're listening to this after that event has already happened, just go online at thevillagechapel.com. You ought to be able to 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 download it and uh, and listen to it. But he said this once: We are to challenge the narrative that happiness is found solely in self expression. The biblical view of the self is that we are broken, twisted, sinful. The self is something that needs redemption, not expression. And this redemption takes place within a redeemed community, not as spiritual individuals piecing together our own strategy for personal spirituality and fulfillment, but walking together with people who shape and form us into the image of Christ. Yeah, let's do that today. As you go about your day, as you go out there and, and walk in this manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, remember these things, these five things that the Apostle Paul has put together in a list for us. Humility, gentleness, um, this patience, this tolerance or forbearance, and all of that in the love of God. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to today's study. Take a moment to leave a review and share this episode with friends and family. You can stay connected by signing up for our newsletter or follow us on social media. At The Village Chapel, we believe God's Word is unique in its source, timeless in its truth, broad in its reach, and transforming in its power. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com.